check, check, white check. Presented by Impact on ProbMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Apologize for not having a live show today. Technical difficulties, but we're still doing one. That's right, just without your phone calls, I guess. Which, I mean, really saves us all from hearing raining yellow once again uh, in the middle of the workday, calling us to tell us about... uh, James Stewart. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, for listening. We appreciate it. Fly Racing designs its racewear to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions. Straightforward. No nonsense. Function, fit, and style. Flyracing.com and uh, NFAB. Dress up your Jeep, truck, your SUV with the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories from NFAB. N-FAB.com. Great guys uh, on there. And uh, we thank everybody for listening on this Thursday afternoon. Washugal. Round 9 of Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships coming up this weekend. Lots of things to talk about. Lots of riders coming back for this race. Maybe a little Motocross Nations talk. We'll have Jason Thomas and Jason Wygant on. And uh, for right now, let's get uh, JT on. JT, what's going on? How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Just this, uh, I guess we're just talking to ourselves right now. We are. This is a big weekend for fly racing. Huge. It is, yeah. We're uh, for the first time. We'll everyone will get to see the gear. Consumer wise, I've been uh, trying to kind of guard it for as long as I can. Uh, people aren't trying to do the wrong thing; they just don't know any better. So people post some pictures and all kinds of stuff, and I seem like I'm chasing it down all day long. But riders or, or uh, reps? No, just uh, just dealers, uh, and okay. um, you know, people will see it at our our presentation stuff, and then post pictures that we didn't know was happening, and. Nothing that they're doing intentional, intentionally wrong. They just, uh, you know, we're trying yeah. to, to kind of show it all at once. So, uh, I'm, very su- yeah, I'm, just, I'm very surprised it's not riders. Just uh, check out my new gear. <laughs> well, they haven't got it. No, so. but still. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they had it, they would. They just don't have it. <laughs> right. They don't have any pictures of it. They don't have, any, probably, they don't have anything to even use. So. It's probably a good reason. It's riders. Oh, without a doubt. There's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's all by design for sure. Right, yeah. yeah no, no doubt about it. Um uh, hey, so Washugal this weekend, um, you've raced there plenty. Take people around it a little bit. Talk about it a little bit, uh, good and bad, and what you think about it. Well, you know, this is, I would say, the most picturesque track uh, maybe in the USA. Uh, I, I think uh, there's a couple tracks in Italy that would probably rival up there, but, man, it's it's got to be right up there worldwide. It's just a beautiful place to go to a race and uh as far as the track goes, I never really enjoyed it all that much. Uh, I just felt like it was a little, little hard pack and slippery, and uh, the shadows. You know, I talk about that with you all the time, but the shadows really uh, made yeah. me nervous. I couldn't really um, make out the make out the braking bumps because of the the transition uh, coming in and out of the trees. Um, 
but on the spectator side, it's just an incredible venue. Uh, the drive up there alone from port from the Portland area to the track is uh, yeah. is like none other. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I heard though someone. Someone called the Pulp Show and said that trees were removed. A lot of trees were removed for shadow purposes, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see that. Yeah. I, I hope so for the rider safety side. Uh, I know it was it was always just a, you know, I just cringe every time I come through there. And, uh, you <laughs> no. know, I, I know we've had some it's pretty big bad? crashes. Jim. Hey, it's that bad? Like, um, Yeah, it was yeah. for me. I, I was, I dreaded it every lap. Uh, because you come in, you know, it's, bright bright sun on the you know on the sunny days and then you come into and it's really just black you know it, it really would get that dark uh if you're sitting in the finish line it'd be just before the um the whoop sections like mm-hmm. those really dark uh wooded sections uh just coming in there man you know basically go into a bright room and then walk into a room with no lights on like immediately and yeah. just see the transition and then give it you know if you wait 10 seconds you can see again but Unfortunately, when you're doing 40 miles an hour on a motocross track, avoiding braking bumps, you don't have 10 seconds. It's yeah. got to be instantaneous. So it was tough. I know I've talked to lots of people, and they all struggle with it. Um, you know, we all deal with it, and we're probably whining on some level, but I just felt like it was a little bit scary. So I hope for the rider's sake that they, that is true and they fix it because that would be a huge improvement to uh, an already great facility. The uh, chance of rain this weekend, too chance of rain yeah that's uh not looking real good for saturday so right on my end doesn't make uh debuting gear the greatest uh mm-hmm. you know <laughs> concept ever but uh we're full speed ahead either way and uh we'll make it work if it does rain it's going to throw some wrenches into the plan washugal's slippery practice is okay but it gets down gets baked pretty good gets slippery uh throw in some rain on that and oh man it could be ugly yeah i don't even know what to make of it because i've as many times as I've raced Washougal, which was, you know, 15-plus, and yeah. I've been there over 20, I've never seen it muddy there. I, I just have never seen that dynamic. You know, I've seen it, I've seen it wet in practice, mm-hmm. but not mud. I'm talking, like, mud. Like, if it rains, you know, all day or, yeah. or a few hours of the day, I, I don't even know. You know, maybe it'll just get down to the hard base, but I'm really not sure what the track will look like 72 degrees 60 percent of shower 60 chance of showers on saturday for washougal so we'll let's see. hope for the best yeah for my sanity and for the uh, sake of good racing <laughs> and and the new gear is what you mean and for the sake well of yeah the that's my the sanity part yeah. right 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 um it's uh and the whoops are always exciting uh although they feel like they're i guess with the advent of two four strokes uh over the two strokes they're definitely a lot easier than they used to be or maybe they're smaller or something they vary from year to year. It, it, they're not always the same. Um, they've moved them they've, in the spacing and mm-hmm. in the height. Uh, from I've seen every range possible. Um, I've seen them where absolutely you could blitz across the top, no problem. Yeah. Uh, probably even decent intermediate riders could do it. But then I've, I've seen other years where they're really tall and really far apart. And sure, you'll get the guys like David Villeman or Wyndham or the, the tall, great blitzing riders like a Chad Reed uh, will still blitz and it's, it's faster. But but the majority of guys will start tripling all the way through, and it's really about the same. Yeah. Um, so it, it just depends. I never really know until I show up what what you're dealing with. Uh, but it, it can really uh, be a, the difference maker on a track like that, where uh, it's fairly one lined and it doesn't get incredibly rough. So a section like that can make a big difference. Yeah, well, it, it is. It's a relief for the guys coming off maybe the toughest race of the year at Millville. Uh, of course, Redbud was was tough, and it's no joke. And Tennessee was hot. Washougal always provides a little bit of relief. You can 
weather's pretty cool. You know, it, blazing sun. It's 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 got a lot of trees in it. So it's it's a good race for riders who maybe aren't in primo shape. It's a, it's a chance to have a weekend of. You know, you're not that sore because it doesn't get that rough afterwards, right? All that kind of stuff. It's a little bit of a reprieve. Yeah, no, I think it. Uh, I think it's a, a race that most riders look forward to on on multiple levels. Uh, just like you said, that's a big factor as far as um, maybe not being the most physically demanding series. Uh, but I think also just the riders enjoy going to this race uh, for the reasons we discussed at the yeah. top of the show. Um, just the se- change of scenery and. Uh, I'd say typically the weather's a little bit more forgiving, so it's you know you kind of yeah. get off the plane immediately and notice the the drop oh, in humidity. Um, so it's just a nice place to go. Uh, I always look forward to it, even though it was a you know seven hour in the air flight for me. Um, still, just it's just a great race to go to. Um, you I know, it, it would be insane if you could take a track like Millville or Redbud and put it at you know at the Washougal backdrop. I mean, it would be right. unquestionably the best uh, event in the you know, in the world. One of the, uh, my favorite parts of the country, no doubt. I lived in Victoria, Canada for a year or so. And, uh, Astoria, Oregon back in the privateer days. I love that mm-hmm. part of the country. I, I'll, I would love it. I, I don't know if the rain in the winter would drive me nuts or not, but it, it is certainly beautiful with the trees and the weather and the, the water and everything else. You're right about that. Um, yeah. My, my work, uh, my work finds me over there quite a bit and it's just a short hop from where Idaho, so yeah, that's true. Right? I'm pretty well versed on that area now, and I couldn't couldn't really agree more with yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, it's good. One of the signature um, obstacles at Washougal is the uphill horsepower hill, and yep. I talk about not being rough and everything else. Well, that might be one instance. It's rough and it's rocky, and the roost is not fun up that hill. Yeah, the roost is probably the biggest uh, negative I would say about that uphill, and and really just with the advent of the four stroke. Uh, it's it's definitely pretty brutal. Um, you, you'll see guys just bobbing and weaving right. <laughs> to get away from the roost going up the hill. Uh, one, you know, we talked about this on on this show, like uh, with Las Vegas coming into Thunder Alley. Yeah, it's that same kind of uh, scenario where the roost is just so brutally terrible that you can't even describe it because the dirt is so compact. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, there's just no way to get out of the line of fire from a big 450 going up that hill. And on the start, I can remember like the same type thing as Vegas, where you're just like groaning because you're just getting pelted, you know, up that up the start by you know 30 450s right. if you get a bad start. Do you uh, do you click fourth on that on a 450? No, I never did. No. Uh, on a on a 450, you'd stay in third. You know, you'd carry uh, carry second through the turn. Yeah. Uh, generally, grab third in the air, and then you just uh, just let it rip. And then uh, right about the time, probably when you need to grab fourth, it was over. Yeah, and the the yeah. Fourth, you know on a, on the outdoor tracks, we had our bikes geared so tall because they they have so much torque. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're talking about a track like Washougal that's so slippery. Yeah, uh, most guys would even you know go taller on their gearing because of Washougal, so that would even uh, lessen the chances of getting to fourth as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's get some phone calls. He was on the line here. Uh, like I said, we're not live, but uh, still people calling in. Fly race and Moto sixty show. Who's this? You there? Hello. Hey. Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Well, you got a question? Yeah, going to Washington this week. I thought I'd ask a question about Spokane's own uh, Moto Concepts. <laughs> yes, yes, go uh, ahead. Um, okay, been a pretty good team in the past, sort of. I suppose you could say Tony kind of ran it into the ground as well as his kid. Uh, if you got rid of Tony and you turned the bikes back to the normal colors, do you think the manufacturers would ever come to Moto Concepts and say, hey, here's some bikes? parts whatever or is that team just doomed 
Mm, what do you think, JT? Has Mike Genova gone down too far down that road? Well, and I'm sure this will uh, instigate some phone calls and texts from Mike Genova, both for you and I. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I, you know, they've, I think they're good people over there. I really do. I think they mean well. I think that they are in this for the right reasons, uh, especially Mike. I mean, he's just spending money with really no return. Uh, and I, I think that Tony has the best intention, intentions for both the team and for Mike. I truly believe that. Uh, they may not go about things the right way. They may, uh, you know, find trouble and when others may not. Um, but I just think at this point it's it's a bit of a liability for most manufacturers when they when they sit back and look at it, uh, especially with kind of where Mike is in his career. Um, you know, he's, it's not that he's old by any means, but he's not at the peak of his career either. You know, I, I think his his best value was maybe five or six years ago even. Um, you know, the 2008, 9, 10 years, I think he carried a lot of value and a lot of weight with uh, with manufacturers, even if they were scared of the um, maybe the excess uh, extracurricular activities that came along with that program. They still felt there was value there because Mike could go out and win races. Uh, but I just don't think they see that anymore. I don't think that that scenario is happening and that kind of you, um, just, uh, kills any chance for that. You really got to admire Mike Genova. He is, he is committed. He's going down there. He's, he's spending a lot of his own money. They're not doing nationals. They're doing some Canadian stuff, GPs, Washougal this weekend, and we'll talk a little bit about where we think he can be, where Mike can finish. But, uh, I mean, I, yeah, he's going to have to. Do you agree with that? What? Do you agree with what I, basically what um, I was saying? Just as... I think if he got ditched Mike and Tony – uh, it would take him a couple more years of spending more money before people would, you know, come on board. Well, but, yeah, but, that would have he would have to start over from, from yeah, 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 scratch. yeah, yeah. No, no one's going to say, oh, here, here, Mike, uh, you know, here's a, here's a bunch of support. You know, the very first year that he doesn't have Mike or Tony on the team, but right. it's uh, it's certainly uh, certainly weird for sure. I but, think they've painted themselves in a corner a bit. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe a bit, huh? You know, they're man. I hate to. I'm trying to not talk bad about them because I don't negatively towards them. I just think that they're the way they're viewed is that there seems to be drama or um, just, you know, not yeah. necessarily positive attention drawn, no. to, you know, situations over there. And that's, that's why I think they struggle to find support within, within and outside the industry as well. There's just no chance that this program they're running outdoors and Mike didn't have a good supercross. He got injured. He missed a lot of, a lot of supercross series. I mean, this this isn't the way to go. Racing different series in different countries, you know, it doesn't really accomplish much. Well, yeah, it's tough to, you know, and I think they've they've resigned themselves to the fact that they they're not going to get a ton of industry support. I think they've yeah. just come to that realization. So, if you're trying to get companies on board to market products, it's certainly not your best angle because there's just no way a company can budget for all kinds of these different races, you know. Yeah, uh, a company's yeah. going to budget for domestically for USA market or they're not. Yeah, you know? so no, absolutely. They're yeah. adding all these different races and crazy schedules and it just makes a mess as far as budgets yeah. and, and where you can spend money. It's uh it's a unique approach. It's too bad someone like Mike Genova, who at one time, remember, he had Ryan Sipes, Kyle Chisholm, uh Daniel Baker, Chisholm and Sipes went like 7 8 in the outdoors one year or something or 8 9. Yeah, that was uh, 2011, yep, I they, believe. Uh, Sipes uh did he win a supercross for Mike? Did he get no, second? Was on Star. Okay, he was on Star, but he, I think I think he got yeah. second or a podium. And um 
you know, that one year on Yamaha, Villeman was there, and uh, Tommy Hahn had some good rides. Chisholm had some good rides until he got hurt. They were making some progress with the Yamaha backing, and just Mike Genova, the owner, decided to go, you know, complete, you know, 90 degree the other direction. So, or another direction, I should say. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, who's this? Hey, how's it going, boys? Good, what's up? Ah, just in Newfoundland right now, enjoying the beautiful weather. Yeah, oh, huh? Thanks. What's up? I'm, I'm sarcastic. It's like it's cold, but oh, it I got two good. questions here. Um, okay, you, Steve, you always talk about the eye test, right? You say this yeah. guy looks fast. Yeah. I remember I was in Millville on James Stewart's undefeated season, mm-hmm. and the guy looked fast. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He looked. He looked fast. He accomplished the eye test. Then I seen him in I think it was 2012 when Tomac ran through the pack of everybody, and James won. Was that that year? Um, James won the first, Tomac, uh, James won the first two nationals a year in that year, I believe, over Dunge, right? Then got hurt. That was the Colorado year. Oh, the, um, James won in Millville. No, he won in Millville that year. He wasn't that great, but oh, he did oh, win in Millville. Yeah, that yeah. Was, uh, that was 13. Yeah, okay. That was 13. So 13? I wasn't that year. It was 13, yeah. And just, like, I know it's a big gap in time, but to think back to his undefeated season, like, am I, are all the guys just that much faster, or did James actually get slower like is he that much slower i think he got slower jt what do you think james gotten slower so we're yeah yeah i mean when he was undefeated on a county 450 i think that he's gotten slower uh i don't know i don't because i think at times if everything is just right um i still think james can go faster than everyone i just think maybe he's gotten a little bit older and his willingness to just you know kind of say f it and (laughs) drop the hammer is is he's just not as willing to do that, and I think that comes yeah. with age and wisdom and hospital trips and uh, all kinds of stuff. So I don't think he's gotten slower. I just think that maybe he's try, tried to find ways to maybe put a little bit more of a realistic pace that he can actually not crash doing. Uh, but I also think that the the perception that he's gotten so much faster is is a little misleading because I think the pace of the pack has increased dramatically. Well. So, yeah, yeah, I think. Well, look, God bless Tim Ferry. We're all big fans of Tim Ferry, but you know he was beating Langston and Tim Ferry that year, and you know Ryan Dungey, Ryan Villapoto are all timers. Langston and Tim Ferry are not. You know, uh, Dungey yeah, and Villapoto will end up on the uh, Mount Rushmore of moto when it's all said and done. And again, God bless Tim Ferry. But you know, maybe those guys. When you look back, when James's perfect season is, you know, Alessi and Ferry and Langston and Short were kind of the guys that he was beating. So, yeah, maybe there is something to that. Yeah, yeah, I, think think the, I think the overall pace. My other question. Oh, go ahead, caller. Sorry, uh, my uh, other question was, is another James thing, not to be a James fanboy here or anything, but is... Clearly not. Like, um, He's ripped. every year you watch, and, and I'm just doing it displacement size, and you watch these guys, I, I feel like in recent years, I'm not watching the 250s clear to the Larocco's leap as much. Like, is the jump that much bigger? Like, I remember James airing that thing out on a 125. They, they change it all, all the time. slow as shit. They've changed it all the time. They changed the ramp. They changed the landing. They changed the corner at the bottom. Um, it hasn't been the same Larocco's leap, you know, every year. So, 125s. Okay, so. Yeah, 125s used to do it uh, more regularly than maybe some of the guys now. They've changed it over the years, so. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Cheers, boys. Have a good one. Thank you. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Robbie from Birmingham, Alabama. What's up, Robbie? Thanks for calling the show. What's happening? 
first guy, I'm a, we, we've been wearing fly since the beginning and, uh, really looking forward to the, to the, to the drop on Saturday. Yeah. Great to see the new stuff. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah, me too. I really appreciate it. what fly does for the amateurs with the contingency stuff, uh, on the series that we raced in, in Alabama. Um, you know, I, I think I probably had the first pair of boots, uh, on our circuit, but, um, sweet. My question is, uh, when, when Davey Millsaps comes back, how competitive do we think he's going to be? What do you think, JT? Well, I think we may not feel the same because I think uh, Mathis's opinion and mine might be different. Uh, tends to happen on certain riders. But um, I think gotcha. if he comes in healthy and prepared, I think he can be competitive, uh, especially at a race like, um, like Monster Cup. You know, obviously he won the last time he raced there. Yes, yes. So, and I know he's made a shit ton of money, but at what point, if he's not successful, you know, in these next couple of years, I mean, has he made enough for life? You, my personal opinion, and obviously I don't have access to his finances, but... Right, to, I, I know, I know, but you've been around. No, no, and I, but I know kind of ballpark what he's made each year. So I know he he's doing pretty well. Um, my personal opinion is that it, this... Next year coming up, if it goes similarly to this year where things aren't great, he probably doesn't make a lot of money, his results aren't where he wants them to be, uh, I think he takes a good, long, hard look at it, and maybe, maybe that's it. Do you think I he don't can... think... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, do you think, okay, he comes back, right? Uh, this year for Monster Energy Kawasaki, look, he won the Monster Cup. Great ride, terrific ride. But generally speaking, he was a 5-10 to 10 guy. Um, can he get a ride making decent money being a 5 to 10 guy from somebody. I don't know who. He can. Yeah. He can. He's going to have to prove that he's got he still got it though. Um and be on a premier team. Be on that ride you're talking about. Yeah, I think so. I think he would be in a secondary role though. I don't think that uh Kawasaki is or like they did this year where they're just going in with Davy as their one. Uh because and I I got kind of uh you know, people are kind of coming down on me for saying that Davey was their number one going into last year, and Will was their two. Mm. That's that's my opinion. So people were yeah, coming I down. I think that on was me. one with an asterisk. I mean, people were coming down on you not... for that. I mean, come on. Yeah, Stay yeah. They were kind of like, "Well, Will's a, you know, Will's a champ, whatever." And I was like, "Well, that's my opinion, so I'm not changing it." Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Davey, winning the Monster Cup probably helped their confidence on that, but uh, yeah, I'm... but you got to look at what Davey's accomplished and what Will's accomplished, and Davey was one year removed from second place in the championship in the 450. I mean, he was their clear one. I, maybe it wasn't the best decision for him to be their one, but he was their one. But, I mean, he had Mike Williamson, who was their one mechanic. I mean, it, it, all the signs were there. I, I will not back away from that opinion. But uh, I don't think that he will be in that scenario where um, unless he comes out and puts some solid, solid results in, like a, you know, wins, wins one of the motos at Monster Cup um, and really shows some promise, I just don't see him getting there's, big salary and being the premier guy that the team's going to lean on to provide the results. There's one. There's not really any rides open right now either because he's not going back to no. Cowie. He's not going to Honda if they decide to put a third bike out there. There's really not any rides left. Uh, the BTO guys, I think, are, are set. So one of the – Robbie, one of the agents – I talked to Davey's old agent like three years ago, and he told me that he figured Davey had made $8 million plus in his career. So – I think he's all right. He's got know? a lot of nice shit, though. Well, he lives over there on the No, no, the he's, 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 I mean, he's spent a lot I mean, of it. I make decent money, but I can get to zero in a minute. Yep, absolutely. Um, no, two things sure. real quick. One, Mathis, I really appreciate what you do. Um, Thank you. I know you don't beat down or you don't 
you know, have the amateur stuff on. I think you kind of let the DMXS guys do that, and that's great. Because, I mean, that's something I really enjoy as well. But all the shows that you do, I really appreciate it. Now, I would love to bust your balls about not having a live feed today, but that's okay. There's technical difficulty, and you'll work that out. Yeah. As long as you keep playing that crazy lady on Monday nights on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the voicemail, right. we're cool. Um, but two, yeah. the other thing is, 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 JT, I mean, I can't express how much it really helps. I mean, you know, you look at how, I mean, my son just got on a 250 this year, and I never bought him a brand-new bike until we mm-hmm. got to the 250. And I bought him a CRF 250R, uh, yep. 2015, and it was it's just it's crazy how much this sport costs. So oh, yeah. Thor doesn't give any sort of, uh, you know, or, or, or PS, you know, Parts Unlimited does not give any sort of contingency. So it is really appreciated what Fly does for the sport for the amateur rider. Well, I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, and, and obviously we're we're committed to it. I mean, we've been doing things like that for a long time i mean even when i was racing pro they had a contingency program set up for privateer guys uh so it's nothing new around here but it's nice to know that it's uh appreciated and actually and actually helping so and when you start racing though the problem is they don't give you a handbook no. you just learn how i mean you just learn from yeah. people and you meet people at the track and it's a great community i love you know i've met a lot of great folks you know, and, and it's, you know, you get these nice guys who will who will loan you parts off of their spare bikes so that you can compete against their kids. Great. Now I realize after you got an amateur, that's, or when you get to an area or a regional, probably not the same. Uh, no, uh, a little, little different. But thanks, Robbie. Yeah, people are looking yeah. at you like you have their spot. Right. Thanks, uh, thanks for calling. Thank you, guys. In. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah, appreciate thank, it. thank you. Uh, good, nice to hear uh, somebody like that. And uh, actually calling in and saying good things, JT. Um, look, if Millsaps comes back, in Anaheim, 2016, he's going to have about six races in two years, and not and maybe one out of those is, was a good one. So yeah, he's a, it's, it's an uphill battle, you know, um, especially a guy who can't seem to stay healthy and all that kind of stuff. Do you think his dismissal from Cowie at, will have any will scare anybody? I don't. I, just in our industry, it won't. But do you think that people go, oh, wait a minute? I personally don't think so. No, no, I don't. Uh, I think results will be the deciding factor. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. It certainly wasn't a good thing that he was dismissed, yeah. but I don't think that will that will weigh in. People will either think he's going to come back and be the Davy that can you know contend for a championship, mm-hmm. or he's not. So yeah. that will be where it you know starts and stops. Pretty much, if uh, if uh, if you could win a race and a factory team manager saw you with maybe an axe covered in blood and a goalie mask on, you'd probably still get a ride. Absolutely. I'm still yeah. happy for you. Yeah, people are so desperate for results in this sport because <laughs> of the dominance from riders like Dungy and Tomac. And, yeah. you know, it's so repetitive with our winners that yeah. hey, Bill, to get a guy that can dirt. get in that mix, they, yeah. you know, they'll kill, uh, kill anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show, who's this? You there, Cole? Yeah. Hey, what's up? You're on the air. Uh, I'm losing service, but uh, first time, first time caller, long time listener. Thank you. Uh, headed to Washougal this weekend, hoping to meet you guys, maybe get an autograph. I doubt it. I, I, I hope we don't meet you up. But everything going well, okay? If I sit at a bar, maybe I'll buy you a drink. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Do you have a question, caller? No, I just saw a tweet. It said, call if you wanted to talk, and we've, we're feeling chatty. All right, we've got to move on. Thanks, thanks, Moser. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Who's this? You there? Yep. Hey, what's up? You're on the air. Oh, hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's what's going? What's hey, on your mind? 
Uh, I was just thinking, um, I wasn't, I don't know if I missed the show about like Millville or anything, but I was there that weekend. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, Cole Seeley. Did you see him in the practice? Did I did him crash. At I all? missed it. No, I didn't see it. Uh, JT, JT wasn't there either. So, um, I don't think TV yeah, caught it. Yeah, they missed it on the footage. Yeah, they missed it on the footage. Show. So no, I, I missed it. I heard it was a good one though. Cause Tickle was right behind him. Oh, it was gnarly. I was wondering if you guys saw it or if you like, I don't know. I kind of wanted your perspective on it. To me, it looks like he tried to do the jump in the mud. Yeah, way um, too late, and then tickle, tickle took that same line, and he said about three quarters up the ramp, up the rut, up the face, the rear wheel just dug into a soft spot, uh, a real muddy soft spot, and it pitched tickle forward, and it t- and it almost he almost did what Seely did, and it pitched Seely right over the kind of the bars or hanging on or JT. You said he was in the next corner, he was laying there. I don't really know how that happened, but yeah. weird, weird way he ended up. But, right, right. Um, yeah, he's out Have for this weekend. Have you heard anything about his injury? Or like uh, he had a sh- he had a weekend? he had a sling on a shoulder injury. He's not out. He's not racing this weekend. He's so, not racing no, this weekend. Freddie Norin will stay on the factory bike for this weekend. Well, they got Trey right. coming back too. So. Yep, and they got Trey. Nice. Are right. you coming back this weekend? Yep. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, man. All right, man. See ya. Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by Infab Fly Racing 2016 stuff. Uh, when's it on the website, JT? Uh, it'll be go up tomorrow night. So, oh, very um, exciting! So tomorrow yeah. night, uh, flyracing.com, the 2016 gear drops, and uh, they make much more than gear, though. People, uh, they make a full range of bike stands, loading ramps, tie downs, handlebars, grips, levers, and more. Visit flyracing.com to view a full range of hard parts, and uh, nfab, of course, n-fab.com. Uh, proud sponsor of the JGR team with Barsha, Pike, and Nicoletti. And uh, if you want a discount on uh, nfab, email me using contact form on Pulpamex, and I can get it to you. Uh, we can help you out, and of course, fly racing. Uh, very, very exciting times for fly racing right now. So, the caller earlier alluded to Alessi and, and Moto Concepts and everything else. I think, I think Freeze might, if if Vince Freeze is racing, which I believe he is for Moto Concepts, I think Vince Freeze might beat Mike Alessi this weekend. I mean, Mike's good; he's a great rider, but it hasn't been going well. Freeze just won the Calgary uh, Canadian National, beating Metcalf and Gurky and these guys, you know, a month ago. I don't know, man. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Vince right up there. I wouldn't be surprised. I still think that uh, Mike will beat him, but it wouldn't shock me. Um, Vince has been riding really well. He won Mammoth Mountain. Uh, I know it's an amateur race, but it's still highly competitive. Yeah. Then he went to Canada and beat some some legitimate guys up there. Uh, so sure, yeah, I think they'll uh, they'll probably be around each other at times. But I'll mm-hmm. still give the nod to Mike yes, so, for now. And you think Mike's 10th to 12th, 9th to 12th, somewhere around there? Yeah, I have him like 9, you know, 9 to 11, 9 to 11, 9 to 12. Right, yeah. right. Um, so I put Vince right around there, too, you're thinking? Yep, I have Vince uh, somewhere around like yep. uh, 11 to 14. Can Kennard make the podium this weekend? I think he can. Yeah? I think he can. Yeah. I don't know that he's – I'm definitely not stamping it. Um, I think that Barsha will be on the podium again. But so, I think that he has a, would, a legitimate chance to uh, to to beat Roxon. I do. Yeah. So you have him beating Roxon then. Yeah. For that yep. third spot. Wow. Yep. That would be something. And if you're Kenny and the team, that's not good. That's even worse than no. Than, no, that go well. But I just haven't seen much out of Roxon lately, and I don't. I think I know why, but I don't know for sure. So yeah, it's just all opinions at this point. But I think that Trey is. Uh, highly motivated right now, and I don't know that Kenny necessarily is. Um, so I just I give the nod to Trey. I, I think he's going to come out and do it. Yeah, it's hard to um, 
it's hard for these guys. Like Roxon, I mean, he's second in the points. So, you know, but Dungey's got a good lead on him. So you would think it's hard to believe someone like Kenny could be unmotivated. You know, there's still race win bonuses. Yeah, the championship's gone. But, man, if you can't be unmotivated when you're second in the points, then, right. you know. Well, I just think he's a little, you know, probably a little jaded with the way things have gone in recent weeks. And he came off of, uh, you know, leaving Lakewood, things were looking up for for Ken Roxon. You know, mm-hmm. he should have, you know, it wasn't his fault that he didn't win the second moto. You know, got the flat tire. Should have won that moto. Uh, he wins a moto and the overall, I believe, the next two weeks. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when's the overall high point? I think he... Um, did he win Muddy Creek as well? Uh, yeah, he, he did. Moto yeah, he did. Muddy Creek. He did win a moto at Muddy okay. Creek. Yeah, so, you know, he was on the right track there. Uh, the, his second moto at high point was, was very impressive to me. He didn't back down from Dungey at all under, you know, decent amount of pressure. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just kind of come apart since then, so... I just think he's mentally probably not uh, in the same place he was a month ago. I just mm-hmm. think he's probably very frustrated and and just kind of looking towards the end of the series. And, and I'm completely uh, projecting my opinion on the situation on him, but I, that's how I view it. I just think right. he's probably realized that the title's over. Um, he's, he's Jack's pro- his back's probably not the best. Um, he's probably just trying to get this thing over with at this point. <laughs> It's crazy, though, a little bit that attitude. It is. I, it know? is, and I, I, mean, I could I got be totally you. wrong. Right. I got you. Totally I know what you're saying. I, I think I lean towards what you're saying, but it's it's crazy that somebody would have that attitude. You know, when you're still getting paid millions of dollars, you're still stacking in the points. You know, you can still win championship, uh, or you can still win race bon- win bonuses, you know, $100,000 to win a race. Oh, I, I, and, plus, and that's not you know? to say when you go out on the track, you're not trying your hardest. Yeah, but. That that goes without saying. I mean, these guys are racers, so when they go, when it's go time, they go. I mean, there's there's no like, oh, I don't want to be here. I'm going to ride around. No, no, he, he's going to go as hard as he can. Yeah. But there's a difference between a guy that's really, really hungry and just dying to be out there, and then a guy who's just like, man, man, I gotta, I, I gotta pull it together here. But I don't really want, you know, th- there's just a different in urgency and intensity, in my opinion. I gotta pull it together here, but man, I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no. I mean, look at you know that that uphill triple last week. I mean, yeah. what possible explanation could you have for not jumping that uphill triple? I don't know. Yeah, I do you know. know what I mean, it's stuff like that. Like if if he was in the title fight, he would just be going for it. I don't care if he thought he was going to make it or not. He would just launch yeah. the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's you're just right. An outlook. The uh, also too, I've heard from some of the guys. He's been testing a lot this week, trying uh, trying some stuff from Yosh, uh, right. stuff the Baggett runs. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Maybe, you know, he's in California testing, so he's putting that work in, and the team's putting that work in. But uh, there's no doubt it's not the, not the same guy we saw uh, last year or even earlier this year. So, so JT, uh, good luck with the launch. Um, good luck with the launch this, this week in fly racing. Gear dropping, and uh, appreciate it. And, uh, all right, we'll welcome our next guest uh, on the show here. Racer X Online editor, my boss, Jason Wygant. What's up, man? Yeah. Yeah, very exciting. Hey, after weeks and weeks of me having to fly my ass, multiple connections, and way out to the East Coast, welcome welcome to my life, bitch. Going to watch Shugle. Oh, not really? A, not a you fu- get to take a uh, 10.55 p.m. red-eye directly home Saturday night after the race? Do you get to do that? Well, you may have Stop me it. there. You may have me there. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Portland to, to take Portland to Charlotte. There's a Thursday night flight I could have done. Thursday night flight direct I could have done, but uh, didn't want to go out Thursday. Um, 
No, that's actually not so bad. So I can't believe there's a Portland to Charlotte flight. I. Charlotte's the hub, man. They go everywhere. Hey, let me tell everyone this has nothing to do with motocross, so I'm sure they're like, shut up. But what's strange is when I lived in Morgantown and I had to fly to Pittsburgh, you'd connect to Charlotte and then go direct everywhere. Yeah. But it costs less money to fly from Pittsburgh to Charlotte to anywhere than it does to just fly from Charlotte to anywhere. That makes any sense. Yeah, that makes no sense. But when, when someone yeah. has figured out airline pricing and, and availability, let me know because yeah. they'll be the first. Because there really point. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so, almost like you're like, well, you poor soul, you have to fly to Pittsburgh. We're going to give you a discount for that. I'll tell you what, driving the hour to Pittsburgh for early morning oh. flight all those years would just about kill me from Morgantown. It almost literally did a few times. When it's snowing in January and you're mm. trying to get out to San Diego or something and it's 3 in the morning to make a 6 a.m. flight. Yeah. Not, not safe. Not no, safe. no, not good. I, I, uh, I drive 20. I got 20 minutes. I got the, the road to the airport down pad. It's like 22 minutes. With no traffic, and uh, yeah, I got it all figured out. Anyways, all right, let's talk some moto. Fly race and Moto 60 show presented by Infab. Jason Wygan on the line. So, um, you, uh, Washugo this weekend, Michael Essie's coming back, and JT and I just yeah. devoted a little bit of time to this. Vince Freeze, I think, is also racing as well. Um, JT says Mike's a 9 to 12 place guy. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, at first, I was like thinking that's crazy, but the more I'm starting to analyze it and who's in the class and whatnot, I think that's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, more the 12th shading toward the, the ninth. Um, it's just hard to say right now. He's been disappointing, but I guess, hey, Ryan Villapoto told us that maybe we need to be very careful about taking much out of, um, yeah, he did struggle in the GP in Europe, but we saw a precipitous drop off. The nation's guys, Villapoto and GPs. So can we give Alessi a little bit of the bump? Like, yeah, it was 19th, but that was a GP. Can we mm-hmm. do that? He was pretty bad at the GPs to give him no, that. No, I know. Yeah. I, I know, but I, I feel like in general we've maybe learned that the transition is a larger one than we think, and yeah. you maybe need to completely write off uh-huh. um, what you see over there. Uh, one thing I will remind of, Mike's Supercross season was actually going pretty good yeah. at the beginning of the year. Not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so where it seems like at first blush it's been years since Mike has been relevant or good or, you know, at the top of his game, it's actually only been months uh, for whatever that's worth. Mm-hmm. So I could see a 12th happening. I'll tell you what, I told JT this. Uh, Vince Freeze is racing, I believe, coming off a, a Calgary Canadian National win where he beat Metcalf and Gurky yeah. and these dudes. I could totally see Vince Freeze beating Michael Lessie this weekend. I really can. He's not, and he won Mammoth. He, you know, he's kind of on his game. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not, uh, obviously, we're not ever sure exactly what the Alessi situation is. I mean, he had an injury in Supercross. Was it a back injury? Is that what it was from Daytona? Um, so I just don't know what type of Mike Alessi we're getting. I'm going to completely admit that I'm not up on the latest as far as his condition since they've had this weird deal going where they're kind of in and out of things and mm-hmm. shady silence at times. So if Mike's not 100%, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can take him. Yeah. Uh, Trey Kennard coming back this weekend. He's going to be running the new fly racing uh, gear as well. JT thinks he can beat Rocks, and I do too. I think uh, Trey's always hit the ground running at these things. And if he does beat Kenny, then there's going to be some more questions on guys from guys like you and I about Roxon and the RCH guys. But, man, Kennard has never, ever taken time to get up to speed. No, he's usually fast as soon as he gets back. Uh, I think that's why he's taking the extra time. And by the way, uh, Chase Stallow from Racer X and myself, he was putting together the fantasy preview today. And we're thinking this is the 
maybe the most new riders entering a race we've ever seen besides an opener yeah. or right after Loretta's. I think there are seven guys between the two classes, uh, Kennard, Freeze, Alessi just being half of that. Um, I'm still going to give Kenny the nod, though. I mean, is it possible that Kennard could beat him? Yes, but um, mm-hmm. I'm still going to give Kenny the nod. I, I feel like that's really knocking on the, the champ here to just say some guy's going to come out of his first race in four months and beat him. Impossible, yeah. yes, but right. um, I'd give the odds to Kennard not beating Roxon this weekend. Not beating the defending champion? <laughs> yeah, the odds for that. Well, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I almost yeah. feel like we're saying this is a given that this is going to happen, and I think that's going a little bit far. Yeah, I, I agree. A couple guys who's uh, – another guy who's good at this track, Weston Pike's good at Washougal. Weston's put in some good rides at Washougal. Freddie Norton's put in some good rides at Washougal. He kind of needs it, man. Pike, um, I feel like – okay, Pike definitely had a lull. I mean, can you remember that there was this time not that long ago that we were like, hmm, who could finish third in the series? Maybe Pike. Maybe Pike's better than Barsha. I mean, that's where we were legitimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm two or three weeks into this season. Pike had a lull, but I think Redbud, he snapped out of it. You know, he was kind of back where he was, fourth, fifth, sixth range. Right. And uh, last week was just blown with um, bad luck with a bike problem. So he's good, and I could easily right there, top five again. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Noren's good, too. Noren came onto the scene at Washougal yep. getting an eighth when he was really a yep. privateer, really unknown dude, who, you know, you wouldn't even know he was Swedish because his name's Freddie Noren. So you're like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. Fred Norn from, from you know, Portland. What? Doesn't look Swedish. Doesn't yeah. look Swedish. No, yeah, yeah. He's from no. he's a guy named Fred Norn from Portland down the road. He's a local. Yeah. So um yeah. uh he should be good uh this weekend as well. Seeley's out, so I don't know how serious it is, but Norn will be on a factory bike for one more weekend. And you're right, besides Alessi, Freeze, Kennard, uh we have uh Politelli, Michael Lieb, and Marty Davalos coming back too. In the two fifty class. And and um, what's his name? That other guy on Pro Circuit who we saw <laughs> killing it for one practice in Dallas. Yeah, the Ar- Arno Tonis is back Tonis too. Is back. Yes, <laughs> yes. Remember him. Remember him, folks. The so, Arnold, uh, the Arnold Tonis era begins again. I mean, I was very high after that twenty minutes of practice in Dallas. Very, very high. And his riding style, his speed was good. And then uh, I guess he was basically dealing with this illness. Yeah. Ever since then. Yeah. Uh, and then a little bit of a shoulder problem kept him out last week. I really wonder if his shoulder was bad enough to not race seven days earlier, how good can it be now? Right. And uh, you know me, I'm a Marty Davalos fan. Through, through, oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, he's good at Washougal, and it's, it doesn't take a lot of endurance, and it's not a gnarly rough track. The weather, actually 60% of rain, by the way, Wygant, uh, 60% chance of rain. So Marty can do something nice. here. I mean, Marty could. I mean, by do something, I think Marty could get a top ten this weekend. No, you don't. On. You don't think he hasn't raced outdoors in two years? He's been good he at Wash last year or or so far. Uh, come on, wait. Did he not do some practice things last year? No, did he not? No, last year. Remember, he, he got hurt. You know, for Supercross, he didn't even get on a bike till like November. That Supercross injury was huge. Yeah. Um. So, so okay, Davalos. Uh, most of his. I vaguely even remember the guy racing nationals for the most part. Like most of his success has been in Supercross. I don't see how he, for his first national in in almost two years, top tens in what's still a pretty deep class. I'll tell you where he's had he, success. He, he beats Jordan Smith, R.J. Hampshire, Plessinger. He beats those guys. I'll tell you where he's had success. He's had success at Washougal before. I can't believe you and I are arguing about Marty right. Davalos, and I'm on the and I'm on the positive side. What is his success at Washougal? Oh, he's got an eighth before. I think he's got a fifth there before. 
Marty, when you look at Marty Davlos's results outdoors, they're not very good except for Washougal. He okay. he makes it rain at Washougal. Telling you, well, Be- it's Washington State, bro. It rains there a lot. Because uh, I think because it takes some throttle control, it takes some technique, it takes uh, it's not it doesn't take a lot of uh, uh, being in shape. Marty Davlos, Washougal. Um, Marvin Muscan has to beat Jeremy Martin this week, and he has to, right? Yeah, and I think that any of us saying that we're not geniuses, it's it's a broken record. I think the biggest problem is not just that it's the track situation where it's a good one for him or a bad one for Martin. It's just time. Martin, I don't believe, is going to hand over a ton of points in any moto. I mean, it's always possible, but it's very unlikely. He proved himself last year. Even his bad races aren't that bad. So that's the bigger issue. I don't think it's just if he gets beat at Washougal, he's in trouble because that was his track. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, having to make up 20-some points with six motos to go is a whole lot worse um, than eight when the chances of Martin giving you 20 back in one full swoop are very limited. So I don't think it's just the Washougal thing. I think it's just the time of year thing. He's got to get it closer to 10. Because yeah. I don't think you're going to get uh, you know an 18th out of Martin anytime soon. No, no, it's going to be good. Although looking at the results from last year at Washougal, Martin went four uh, four. So I mean, hey, Baggett beat him, Webb beat him, Bogle beat him in a moto. So four four for Jeremy. He got third overall because of the inconsistencies of the class, but uh, right. Uh, right. Mar- Marvin made up 14 points on him. So you know, Martin. It's not like Martin. Yeah. It's not like Martin's going to go two two or whatever if Marvin wins. You know, obviously he's clearly no, judging no. off last year. It's not a great track for Jeremy. Right. But you need that kind of thing to happen right now. That means that because that's all you're going to get. You can get a four four out of it or a five five or first turn crash, but he's not going to get you know a DNF. I doubt. Yeah. Out of Martin. So it's got to be that kind of chipping away, and it mm-hmm. has to happen now. Not just because it's Washougal and it's a good track for him, but it's late in the year. Yeah. Honestly, three, three, and one, one doesn't seem like a, a huge swing, but it actually is outdoors. That's ten whole points. Mm-hmm. So. He needs that kind of thing to happen soon, yep. regardless of what track it is. And Cooper Webb, we expect him to be strong again. Of course, Cooper Webb will be will be great at, uh, at, at I think from here on out he'll be out. Do you think how interesting does it get down the line if Jeremy needs some help and Cooper's in front of him? We don't see a lot of that anymore. It doesn't really happen. Mitch no. Payton's one of those guys, but I it don't know. Happen anymore? It's not going to happen. Uh, I don't know. Cooper Webb won't allow it to happen. Cooper Webb's not going to do it. Who's the boss? He's not at, do it. Who's the boss at Yamaha? Who's the big boss at Yamaha? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> who's well, I mean, the, yeah, is it Bobby Regan? Is it Keith Bacardi? Is it yeah. I, I don't know, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for two reasons, I believe. For or Steve Lampson's a team manager, I think it's not going to happen for two reasons. A, the scenario doesn't happen very much, and even when it does, they usually don't do it anyway, regardless of who the rider and team combination are anymore. Second of all. They're lucky they've been able to skate around on this thin ice between these two guys for the last two years anyway. Don't put any pressure on it. You know, I, th- I think they're happy that they're just barely getting along as it is. You are really asking for trouble if you start doing stuff like that. Keith McCarty's famous for letting telling riders to let other riders buy. Yeah. So, oh, is that the point you were getting at? Yeah, boss, is that the point you're getting? Yeah, that's where I'm pointing oh, at. There's, yeah. there's experience here. There, there's, there's precedent here in '77. Why well, get? There's precedent. All right. All right. Um, you're right. Okay, every 40 years or so. Yeah, exactly. Like clockwork, like the eclipse. <laughs> yeah, every 40 years. Or so. I don't. What do you think? Don't you think that 
they're these two are not buds. They're kind of going after the same prize. It's been a little tense at times, but it's never gotten out of hand. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that this is pouring gasoline in the fire to even broach this subject between the two of them, especially with Webb, who's a kind of salty dude? I think if it comes down to the last race, there will be something said. If it comes down to the last race and Jeremy needs help, you know, never mind this. If it comes to a situation where Jeremy just has to beat Marvin, doesn't matter for Cooper. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if, right, if, right. if he needs help, right. then uh, then I think something gets said, something, yeah. something's done, you know. Um, but well, with Cooper, I don't think he's going to do it. Well, yeah, that'd be interesting. I think he would. I do. I think he would. He's, he's going to be a Yamaha guy. So, um, yeah, I think he would. What, uh, so where do you have Tonus? How do you think he's going to do? I really like his potential and I like his riding style, but I'm going to need to see him out here. Like I said, I just find it hard to believe that his shoulder was bad enough to not race last weekend, but it's good enough to race this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm very suspicious. This team is at a rough year. Um, I mean, now they have a lot of guys out. I mean, they're down to just Safachi and Aldridge, correct, out of a five-rider team? Yeah. So I think – so now they get a third rider back. I can't – I have to think that there was maybe some, listen, man, you got to limp out there for us. <laughs> Listen, man, the checks from Monster aren't really coming through. You got to get out there. You got to do something. That, that's what I mean. Like a five rider team, and they're down to two of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just trudge it out. Um, yep. I talked to Roger about the Motocross the Nations team a little bit. This has been a reoccurring topic on our show, but I feel like it's still kind of relevant. Uh, with what Roger said and what, what you know and what you think, what's your thoughts on the team going forward? We were bench racing about this yesterday, uh, me, you, and JT, and some others. And you had mentioned that he, he threw out the web on a 450 thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, which I which I like. I, I'm not saying that's my overwhelming number one choice, but I'm mm-hmm. very intrigued. I would like to think about this. Uh, Webb's raced a 450 a handful of times before, and I think he sometimes you're just looking for those weirdo miracle rides, those miracle days. And sometimes these guys that have nothing to lose, like Barsha has been very good over there of like the. MX3 rider without any pressure on him. Yeah. I could see that situation uh, working for Webb, but here's the strange part. You would end up with a all Yamaha team mm-hmm. if you did that. You could have Martin, Barsha, and Webb, which really made me think of how Yamaha's fortunes have turned, which made me think further into a how is this going to work down the road. We know that the boss, for example, Keith McCarty, would love to have a factory Yamaha team again. We know that Chad Reed is sniffing around to do the exact same thing also. It's going to be very interesting when it's time for Martin and Webb to move up. What's going to happen? Are they just going to get farmed into the JGR program, which I'm sure is JGR's plan, especially since they go way back with Webb? Yeah. Or is this going to be Yamaha's turn to strike and just say, you know what, we got to do this. we got to bring a factory team back. We've been given the gift of these two great young stars and Chad Reed to, to – be endorsing and, and developing the bikes. Let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a real crossroads coming here in, what, two or three years? Very interesting. Well, I think, actually, the crossroads is going to be coming in 2017. You know, Martin, and that's when Martin Webb are moving up, both of them. So, that's actually right. Webb won the Supercross title. He, yeah. he pretty much has to himself. Yep, yep. and Martin's, um, Martin's told me he yeah, that's, that's the plan for him, too. So, Yeah, well, he's not going to ride the 250 class more than three you know, he could essentially win three titles in a row. Martin right. has the potential of doing not going for a fourth. No, no. So, okay, yeah, if you're the Yamaha brass, who we all know would love to have a factory team again, and that's not an offense to the JGR team or them saying JGR sucks. It's just every other brand has a factory team. They yeah. want to have one. Yep. Um, 
okay, let's plant the seed now. Let's get Chad Reed on it in 2016 and be ready for these kids in 2017. It's really making me – now that I've realized how strong Yamaha is, this is a very critical juncture for them right Um, now. No, and listen, I know for a fact the JGR guys uh, have made a mention to me that, you know, they're trying to get Webb. The Yamaha guys are trying to take Webb from them. So this is interesting. I think Yamaha comes back with Chad Reed in some purpose for next year. And yes, I do too. And then, then, yeah, what happens with Webb and Martin? For sure. You're Coy Gibbs. You're the owner of JGR. You've put your uh, stake in the ground, spent a lot of money, helped Yamaha out, been really the, the only representative for Yamaha over the years. And then you kind of get, I would feel you, you would get stabbed in the back a bit. So it well, is interesting. Because, and I've written about this before. You know, JGR certainly had their troubles getting the results that they wanted to get through the years. Um, but one of the things that doesn't get mentioned a lot, I don't think people have realized, think of the disadvantage they're dealing with being Yamaha's 450 team because Yamaha hasn't produced any 250 talent in a long time. No. I mean, almost every other brand is just riding their 250 guys to the top. That's what Cowie did with Villapoto. That's what Suzuki did with Dungey. And then essentially Dungey moved to KTM because of the relationship he already had over there with those guys. Mm. Uh, that's where Kennard and Sealy and Barsha and Tomac came from on Honda on 250s. Uh, Roxon came up on 250s with yeah. KTM, but also rode 250s for Suzuki. Those are the two brands. Every single top rider who's winning races is using the relationship that was built with the brand on 250s. Gibbs has not been given any of that. No, There's been no success from Star Racing until now with these two guys to feed them with. And it's like now that the time is finally there to get fed, yeah, they're going to take it somewhere else. It's going to be interesting. We'll be talking about this more for sure. And as far as the destinations yeah. goes, Roger mentioned Jason Anderson, and I said that to another team manager, and uh, he said to me, "Hmm, shocking that Roger would say that about a you know a KTM guy. He's Husky, but well, we yeah. know he's basically KTM. KTM owns Husky, so I Roger's pretty smart that way. You know, he doesn't." You know, I don't know what James Stewart would have to do to get selected to the team, but I don't think anytime soon. You know, so you can you can you can praise Roger; he's been there, he's helped the team over the years, but he's got his biases, is what I'm saying, and that's fine. Everybody does, but that's why I think you'll see Anderson on there because he wants to have um, something that represents. I don't uh, know what James Stewart would have to do to get on the team, but I would think racing something <laughs> would actually probably well, be a start. I, I mean, now yes, but in the years past, so. Well, yeah, yeah, but this year, like, no, on, you no, 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 anyone no. in their right mind to pick him. He hasn't raced in a year. No, I, I agree. No, no, yeah, not not an option this year. Not an option. Although he is, yeah. he does look good on his Instagram videos, and he is ripped. So uh, he's, he's ripped. He's ripped. Although I don't know if if, if Ryan Villapoto, if a year from now Ryan Villapoto said, "Hey, man, I've been riding and having a good time," would Decoster entertain that? He probably would. He probably would. He probably would. Absolutely. Yeah, probably uh, would. All right, yep. let's get to this phone call. Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Who's this? You there? Hey, Gavin. What's yeah, up? This is Gavin. What's up, Gavin? Hey, you guys yesterday were talking to Bowers about uh, speed shifting. Uh, on the Pulp Show? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it wasn't yesterday. It was Monday. Yep. I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit more about that because I'm new to riding about seven years ago uh-huh and i didn't really know you could do that and i guess i was just wondering that like talk about how, if it beats on the transmission and stuff like no, that no no it's fine you don't need to use your clutch to shift at all 
Don't bother. Okay. Don't use it. Uh, these the modern transmissions are fine. I mean, unless you're, um, you know, blitzing supercross whoops. Don't no, worry. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Exactly. Don't worry about it. No problem. Not using the clutch. Just just grab gears, man. You're good. All right. So. Sweet, dude. All right. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Yeah, we had a we had a, a interesting discussion. I didn't realize this why but some people still use their clutch to shift. They just tap their. Cl- I'm like, what? And Tyler Bowers right. was also in amazement of this. Um, yeah, you don't literally need to- await like it's the easiest advice ever. Just yeah. Use less. Yeah, yeah. You- one less. One less thing to even worry about. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, awesome, Politelli, yeah. Michael Lieb, another couple guys coming back. What do you expect? Uh, top twenty for those two. Lieb's interesting in the fact that I don't remember the last time we saw him race outdoor nationals. I think he's only done two. He got a little shot with um, what at the time was Rockstar Suzuki or Rockstar Energy Racing at the end of 2013. I think that's it. He rode two nationals, I think, at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lake Elsinore. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Lake, yeah. Right, Elsinore. I guess Elsinore in Utah. Yeah. Um, or whatever the last two were that year. But he, I mean, it's a fairly sizable injury that he had. Um, so I'm not so sure there. But Politelli, I mean, I don't think he can ever really – doubt him he always has the ability to do it i mean certainly it seems like anything that can go wrong does for the mm-hmm. most part but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Politelli like pull a start and people be like oh my god look at this guy 981 i forgot about austin Politelli. for sure he's done it before i mean there's always just always seems to be drama around there but if everything actually worked right mm-hmm. which you could on any given weekend mm-hmm. he could stand out i believe yeah, should be interesting. You know, Bar- Baltish, Baltish floating float the top ten, yeah. something like that. The uh, Barn Pros Yamaha team coming back. We saw them in West Coast Supercross, and they're coming back for this race. And Lee and Poltelli are both going to ride for those guys. So, Goal is a championship in 2017, correct? What's that? Goal is a championship mm-hmm. in 2017. Yeah. No, absolutely. When the team was announced, that's yep. what they said. And we're not even joking because that could be possible. Uh, switching to 450 class before we wrap this up, Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Barsha's going to get second to Dunge, right? Can he Can he beat Dunge? Uh, I don't think Washougal is the best place for him to do it. Yeah. He's kind of come a long way on some of the hard pack tracks. And he used to admit he was the worst hard pack rider ever. Um, he's not that bad. His last year in the 250 class, he was actually pretty good at Washougal. But uh, I, I just feel like this track is still favoring Dungey's strengths uh, and Barsh's weaknesses. They've probably gotten closer to the middle on it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think so. Uh, you know what the irony is with Dunge? Millville might be his home track, but I think Washougal is actually the track that works best for his style. Yeah, that's a good point. He has dominated there in the past. Ryan Villapoto can speak to that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, Wygant, thank you as always for coming on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Good stuff. Enjoy that uh, eight-hour flight. I will be in Portland in an hour and a half from uh, from my place, oh. and so I will uh, I will be enjoying that very much. And uh, remember, hockey puck. Hockey puck is the word, bro. Got to get that in. Hockey puck, yes. Fly launch. Are you going to the fly launch as uh, well? Yeah, are you going to go? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, then we will see you there tomorrow night. Yeah, fly launch. Exactly. Very exciting times. Uh, what we need to do yeah. at the fly launch is take a bunch of photos and then immediately post them on social media and see if JT freaks out. Yeah, and then I want to. Uh, I'm going to put hashtag John Knowles. It could have been you in Utah. No, <laughs> oh, that would be great. Good times. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. That's the Fly Race and Moto 60 show for this week. Sorry about the technical problems. We couldn't go live, but we still got to some of your phone calls. Right? Not so bad. We'll have it fixed uh, for Monday's Pulp Mech Show, and then 
Remember, there's no sh- there's no race next week, so there's no fly race and Moto 60 show next week. So we'll be back in a couple weeks before Unadilla to uh, to talk about Unadilla and the last three rounds of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we will see you a couple weeks. Sorry.